Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. 48 Hours presents. On July 5th, it will be 10 years since George Smith disappeared from his honeymoon cruise. His family has been on a mission to find those responsible, but their long quest for justice is now in jeopardy. You can't look at the water and at the sea without remembering what happened to George. It's got too many bad memories for me now. Oh, I miss him. Miss him every day. I miss his voice. I miss his phone calls. He called me all the time. I just miss him as a son. Pretty much every night I go to bed, I see his face. No parent should have to lose their son that way. Hello, this is Captain Michael. May I get your attention, please? A person may have gone overboard last night. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that my son was murdered on that cruise ship. There's so much evidence, it's overwhelming. It's just been a complete and awful nightmare for my family. And we still do not have justice for George. The first suspect is the surviving spouse. She said she couldn't remember anything. Eyebrows started to go up about, well, what exactly did Jennifer know? But the FBI soon turned its attention from George Smith's widow to a group of young men, the last people to see George alive. There were sounds of a, a fight, a struggle inside my brother's room. I heard some males arguing on the balcony. 
what we're trying to do is sort through the facts and figure out what happened that night because unfortunately this has become pretty much a cold case. While on the cruise, did you meet George Smith IV? There was a series of questions that I asked in each of the depositions of each of the boys. Do you know what happened to George Smith? Were you present when George Smith went overboard? Did you kill George Smith? Something crazy went down that night. And I hope one day that they find out the truth. A 48 hours investigation has uncovered failed polygraphs, questionable alibis, and a provocative video made by some of the men just hours after George Smith disappeared. On the videotape, you've got them joking about George's death, very callous and at one point incriminating. I just can't comprehend that someone could snatch my brother from a cruise ship, throw him on an overhang, and dies alone in the water, and then nothing's done about it. The evidence is huge. Why hasn't someone been arrested? I'm Richard Schlesinger. Tonight on 48 Hours, murder at sea. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Sometimes you still think, ah, he might be still out there because we don't have a body. We don't have a body. It doesn't get any easier. And you know what? If we had our answers for George and know what happened, maybe. We don't know. For 10 years, Maureen and George Smith have been tormented. They don't know what happened to their 26-year-old son aboard that cruise ship. We have to just keep pushing the buttons, and we won't let it go. It's our son. It wasn't supposed to be this way. George Smith IV had seemed destined to have it all. Fine young man, handsome, hardworking. He was just an all-round great kid. 
he was the funniest guy, you know. <laughs> I would sit and have a couple beers with him, and he'd make me laugh for the whole night. And besides, he was so good looking, the girls just oh. fell all over him. <laughs> so it, was, it was a lot of fun. He was just a great guy. George was about to take over his father's liquor store in Greenwich, Connecticut. George made the store. He was much more of a lively guy than I and loved to talk, and uh, he had that gusto in him, and he really wanted to take the store and build it. Stop by today. This is George working alongside his father in a local commercial. He always called me the old man because I wasn't into modern tools and techniques like he was. So I was the old man. I was the dinosaur that he had to deal with. <laughs> George's future seemed even brighter when he met Jennifer Hagel, an aspiring school teacher. I was overwhelmed with her because she had this dynamic personality. She was very fun-loving like him, very attractive, and he was very happy with her. With this ring. After a three-year courtship, I George and Jennifer were married in a ceremony overlooking the sea. It was a really lavish affair in Newport, Rhode Island. It was a storybook wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. George's older sister, Bree, remembers the day very well and how excited they were to go on their honeymoon. They were so excited to be starting their life together and they couldn't wait to start their cruise. I can remember shaking his hand in the street and saying goodbye to him. No one could ever imagine that just less than two weeks later, George would be missing. In late June 2005, Royal Caribbean's Brilliance of the Seas set sail from Barcelona. The footage you see is from a sister ship. Fellow honeymooners Paul and Galina Kvitnitsky were on board with the Smiths. We sat down next to one another and uh, since the first day we, we, we became acquainted. The couples hit it off immediately. They were really great. I mean, they were just very normal, down-to-earth, happy people. I would say we spent a lot of time together. They loved the sights. I remember they were taking a lot of pictures. Like, everywhere right. they went, they were, like, always with the camera. And back on the ship, they socialized into the early morning hours. I think he enjoyed himself a lot, you know, um, having a drink or two. He didn't have a good tolerance for alcohol. Like, you could no, see he would have, like, four beers, and, you know, you could see that he was pretty <clears throat> much drunk. Around midnight on July 5th, the two couples headed for the casino. It would be the last night of George's life. Jennifer, who's seen here on casino security cameras, spent much of her time at the blackjack table. And George, who was also captured on tape, headed for his usual spot at the craps table. He was just having fun at the table, and uh, you could see that right away. George was soon joined at the table by another shipboard acquaintance, California college student Josh Askin. 48 Hours spoke to Josh in 2006. Hung out with him for a little bit, nothing too in-depth. Jennifer played a little blackjack, I played a little crafts with George. There were a lot of other people around as well who we'd met on the cruise so far. And a group of Russian-American students were also making the rounds that night. Cousins Zachary and Greg Rosenberg and their friend Rusty Kaufman. Josh had met them on the cruise as well. Everyone who was over 18 pretty much congregated in the casino. Everyone was in high spirits. And George and Jennifer were high rolling. 
At one point, George, who's seen here at the casino with Josh, went back to his own cabin to get extra cash for Jennifer. I think George looked prosperous. Additionally, had a really nice watch, which was a Breitling watch, was worth a bit of money. And Bree Smith wonders if someone on the ship was getting the wrong idea about her brother. People may have made assumptions that George was a millionaire, even though he wasn't. And one thing that was clear to Paul that night was that by the time the casino closed, both Jennifer and George were already drunk. And I just remember telling him, it's time to call it a night. It's time to call it a night. Paul wishes his new friend had listened. Two hours later, George Smith would be gone. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it, the glamour of the roaring 20s wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware. Each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. As the sun rose over Kusadasi, Turkey, on July 5th, 2005, 16-year-old Emily Rausch stepped onto her balcony to snap some photos. It was around 7.30 in the morning, and I noticed something on the overhang of the lifeboats. Instead of a spectacular sunrise, Emily's camera captured this, a huge bloodstain on the lifeboat canopy. This is Emily's account from back then. I just assumed that someone had died there. Security quickly determined the occupants of room 9062 were unaccounted for and snapped these pictures of the room. And then they began paging the Smiths. I had a stateroom attendant outside my room, and I said, you know, you should probably go into that guy's room and wake him up because he's not going to hear that page because he was probably still sleeping. In another cabin, Paul and Galena were startled by a visit from ship personnel. And that's when the guy came in and he said, have you seen George? And I'm like, what do you mean, have I seen George? And we said, what's going on? And he kind of told us he's missing. We were like, missing? By now, they had been summoned to guest relations. Jennifer was also there. She'd been located at the ship's spa getting a scheduled massage. The crew soon delivered the crushing news that her new husband, George, was presumed overboard. 
She just kept saying that she doesn't remember what happened. I can't remember. I can't understand. I don't remember. Jennifer said she had almost no memory after leaving the casino and that when she had awakened in the cabin, George wasn't there. She had just assumed George stayed with Paul and Galena. She's shocked and panicked, and she doesn't understand what's going on. She just kept saying that, I want to call my dad, I want to call my dad. Half a world away, in Connecticut, the Smiths were trying to absorb the shock from the call from Jennifer's dad. It's disbelief. Uh, You know, we just couldn't believe it. He's got to be on the boat. But the Smiths had not yet been told about that bloodstain or the investigation now underway on the brilliance of the seas. Turkish police had boarded the ship. Royal Caribbean documented the forensic investigation. And in the ship's lobby, they rounded up Josh Askin and the group of Russian-Americans, Rusty Kaufman and Zach and Greg Rosenberg. They had all partied with George the night before. I just didn't know what was going on. I knew I did nothing wrong, and that's all that mattered to me. This video, secretly recorded by Josh's father, shows the police interview. Rusty Kaufman on the right appears to be shocked when he hears about the blood. The video only captures snippets of what has emerged over the years as a very complex story. A story and a timeline that would be dissected and debated for years. The young men's account begins at 2.30 a.m. after the casino closed. It was on an elevator to the disco where Josh says he noticed some odd behavior from casino manager Lloyd Bota. There was maybe a time when Lloyd, the casino manager, put his arm around Jennifer and we thought a little awkward moment. It was just a little awkward for a second. At the disco, the party was in full swing and the guys smuggled in a bottle of a potent liquor called absinthe. They weren't having shots of absinthe. They weren't having shots. Albert Diane represents Rusty Kaufman. We spoke to him in 2006 and Diane says there was tension between George and Jennifer at the disco. Rusty does not hear what is being said, but he does observe Jennifer kick George in, in his groin. Jennifer stormed out of the disco, and according to Zach, Rusty, and Josh, the casino manager followed after her. Josh would emphatically make this point when questioned by Turkish police later. She has no idea what happened. She was with another man, the casino manager Lloyd. You need to get him in here. The men claim they didn't know where Lloyd and Jennifer went, but by 3.30 a.m., the disco was closing, and George was in bad shape. George was kind of slumped over in a chair. I asked my buddies, will you help me take him home real quick? When they are walking to the cabin, they are literally carrying George. At 3.52 a.m., the guys entered the Smith's cabin. The ship's key entry log records the time, but Jennifer is not there. George all of a sudden expresses a wish to go search for his wife. And at this time, the boys are having a, a loud discussion, debate, about whether they should go and assist George. 
The group heads out again, and after a brief search of the ship's solarium, they return George to his cabin at 4.01 a.m. I went to the restroom right when we went in. I probably saw him for like a minute, 30 seconds. They actually lay George on his bed, take off his shoes, and he displays a tremendous gratitude towards these young men. In fact, he hugs and kisses one or two of these young men. And that was then we But just remember, not, not at one point or no time did he ever seem angry or anything at all. But shortly after 4 a.m., passenger Cleet Hyman, a vacationing deputy police chief, hears a disturbance next door. My wife and I were awakened by yelling coming from the Smith cabin. This yelling sounded what I would liken to a drinking game. A few minutes later... Suddenly, though, there was an argument out on the Smith balcony. This argument appeared to be uh, between three, maybe four male individuals. But Rusty's lawyer insists that the men never went out on the balcony. After about two minutes of the argument, uh, we heard one lone male voice uh, repeatedly say, good night, good night, like they were ushering someone out of the room. I looked out and saw three male individuals walking away from the room. Three males walking away? Then where was the fourth man? Diane insists all four men left together. Uh, Rusty is a pretty wide uh, type of uh, young man. I believe that the uh, witness just failed to observe the fourth one. What Cleet Hyman hears next would become the subject of endless speculation. Was George alone in the room? At this point, we heard just a lone male voice in the room. We heard what sounded like the cupboard doors being uh, closed uh, loudly, uh, and also sounded like furniture being moved. Greg and Pat Lawyer in the cabin on the other side of the Smiths hear something similar. There was uh, what I call trashing of the room sounds. I thought somebody was throwing furniture around, either, either mad or having a good time, so we dismissed it at that, at that point. After about two minutes of total silence, however, there was a large, uh, what I would call a horrific thud. That thud is believed to be the sound of George Smith hitting the metal canopy at around 4.30 a.m. About that same time, Jennifer is found passed out in a hallway. As for the men, they say they were all back in their cabin, ordering a lion's share of room service. Yeah, room service. We ordered room service. Well, they were definitely in their own cabin, in Zach's and Rusty's cabin, ordering food at that time. But as it would turn out, the young men's alibi would be called into question. It doesn't hold up at all. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. As the details surrounding George Smith's disappearance emerged, so had speculation about his bride, Jennifer. Was George murdered? Was Jennifer somehow involved? The widow went on Oprah to defend herself. Not only to lose your memory, but then to have nobody believe you. I don't know what happened. And Jennifer wasn't the only one in the spotlight. Okay, what about the Ruskies in this story? The Russians. What are these three guys hanging around a honeymoon couple? Well, for? I mean, obviously, did he fall overboard? Was he pushed overboard? They found this big blood stain. It's a CSI story that keeps unfolding by the day. The FBI would begin an investigation that would span nine and a half years. At the time, the ship's captain described it as a likely accident, theorizing that an intoxicated George sat on the railing and simply fell off. The Smiths never bought the accident theory. The blood is compelling evidence. There was blood in the room. Photographs taken by Royal Caribbean inside the Smith cabin revealed two small lines of blood on the bed sheets. The Smiths say it was George's blood and another sign pointing to foul play. In addition to the blood, there were sounds of a, a fight, a struggle inside my brother's room. The Smiths hoped that getting access to Royal Caribbean's investigative case files would provide some answers. So that shows the room. And they brought on attorney Mike Jones to help them. Then you got the blood spot. Yeah. What it's not about is an accident, and what it's not about is a suicide. It's about a murder. Jones immediately got to work, setting his sights on the ship's documents and the four men last seen with George. I took Josh Askin's deposition first. Do you know if George Smith was murdered? Invoke my Fifth Amendment, right? Do you know who killed George Smith? Invoke my Fifth Amendment, right? That's a yes or no answer. Josh Askin took the fifth. I invoke my Fifth Amendment, right? On everything. My Fifth Amendment, right? My Fifth Amendment, right? My Fifth Amendment, right? In late June of 2005, did you go on a Royal Caribbean cruise with your family? I invoke my Fifth Amendment, right? I had him take the fifth as to his date of birth, his name. Attorney Keith Greer represents Josh Askin. And so I told him the only way we're going to do this, Josh, is if every single question you're asked, you plead the fifth. Greer says that Josh has always been cooperative, speaking freely to everyone, but there came a point when he had to shut him down because the feds were getting aggressive. And they have told us that if Josh ever says anything, that is different than what he said before in the grand jury, anything. They will fly him back to Connecticut on perjury charges. I couldn't have that happen. Attorney Albert Diane says Rusty Kaufman got the same treatment and has stopped cooperating with the FBI. And the more he wanted to speak with them, the more he wanted to tell them what happened, the more they accused him of foul play. Nothing but the truth. I do. During his deposition, Rusty Kaufman didn't plead the fifth, but his memory on a lot of things seemed a bit rusty. When you say we put him to bed, who put him in the bed? I don't have a recollection of that right now. Josh said that he was—he actually used the bathroom at that point. Do you remember that? 
I don't have a recollection of that. Okay. Morning, Zachary. My name is Michael Jones. Zachary Rosenberg also invoked his right against self-incrimination. Was there any commotion in the room? I'd like to invoke my Fifth Amendment right. The only one who appeared forthcoming was Greg Rosenberg. In 2010, Mike Jones found him in a Florida prison. Why are you here in prison? Trafficking. Greg was serving three years for trafficking in oxycodone. He says to support his expensive taste. Clothes. I'm a fanatic for clothes, right. jewelry, watches. <laughs> That's why I'm in here, man. The murder's a different deal. The murder's a different deal, man. I, ain't, I don't have it in my heart to kill nobody, man. Did you have anything to do with George's death? No, never did. Never would, never thought about it, no. Greg brought up that room service party. All right, what'd you eat? Tuna fish sandwiches, I know that. We had like tuna fish sandwiches and I think cheeseburgers. I know we had something that, that fast food type. We were infatuated with the fact that we could order whatever we want. They ordered so much food and they couldn't have killed George because they were in the room eating the room service. I mean, it's a nice story, but it doesn't work. In 2010, Mike Jones finally got his hands on those Royal Caribbean internal documents. The room service party is pretty much blown by the information we got from Royal Caribbean. I mean, that's a big fact. The ship's records show that although several short calls were made from Zach and Rusty's cabin to room service after 4.13 a.m., there is no record of any order of any kind. The handwritten records show that the room service was never delivered. Was it human error they didn't write it down? Keith Greer insists the room service party did take place, but it was never really an alibi to begin with, since the food would have been delivered after George went missing. The food service itself doesn't prove that they were in a certain place at the time George went over, because George goes over about 4.20 in the morning. So at that point in time, really the only alibi they have is each other. If the ship's records raise some questions about where the men say they were that night, they also cast doubt on where they implied Jennifer was. Remember the casino manager the guys said she left with at the disco? She was with another man. The casino manager would. And that didn't happen. That just didn't happen. Other witnesses say Lloyd did not leave with Jennifer, and key records show that he entered his girlfriend's cabin at 3.25 a.m. while the Smiths were still in the disco. And he had gone to his girlfriend's room, and she was able to corroborate that. So I think Lloyd became the victim of this attempt by the Russians and by Josh Askin to deflect attention from themselves. As for Jennifer... Several witnesses saw her leave the disco alone and unsteady at 3.30 a.m. There are some witnesses from the cruise ship, cruise ship employees that actually escorted her uh, onto the elevator and tried to help her get off the elevator on her floor before she ended up going the wrong way on, on deck nine. An hour later, Jennifer was found passed out in that hallway around the time George went overboard. Lloyd Bota and Jennifer both passed FBI polygraphs. People that the Russians and Josh were pointing fingers at both came through they, very cleanly on their polygraphs. The four men are still on the FBI's radar, and the discovery of a homemade videotape only raises more suspicion. It's ridiculously provocative. 
Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Unfortunately, obviously, after eight years, this has become pretty much a cold case. For the last few years, Mike Jones has been trying to reignite a case he believes has gone cold in the Connecticut FBI office. If you talk to the FBI, they'll say it's active and open, but um, I, I don't really believe that. And Jones also doesn't believe the account of the four young men last seen with George Smith. When you left George in his bed, all you guys left. No one stayed behind. Nobody stayed behind. We all left. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that, that it was not as simple as, as the Russian men and as Josh have said. You look at the behavior of these young men. They're not good boys or good Samaritans. Royal Caribbean documents show complaints were made against some of the men for smoking, sneaking liquor, and verbally abusing ship employees. They were dropping F-bombs on the room service people. And two days after George Smith went overboard, an 18-year-old passenger came forward with a major allegation of sexual assault. She stated that she was in one of the Russians' rooms and that there was group sex with her, with some of the Russians. In the woman's statement, she says she was completely intoxicated and in between blackouts, remembers having non-consensual sex with Greg Rosenberg, Rusty Kaufman, and Jeffrey Rosenberg, Zach Rosenberg's younger brother. And they actually videotaped the group sex. And the fact that they videotaped themselves doing this, I mean, who does that? Rusty's lawyer says the sex was consensual. That whole escapade was non-criminal in nature. Uh, the tape itself revealed that. Josh's lawyer, Keith Greer, says Josh did not have sex with the young woman, but he was there. Josh walks into the room, and there's one of the Russian boys having sex on the bed with the girl and another one of the boys filming it. And Josh was concerned. It became clear to him very quickly that the boys weren't taking advantage of her. The girl was taking advantage of the boys. Before he left CBS News to rejoin the New York City Police Department, John Miller investigated the case for 48 hours. People who have seen that videotape have told me that the person holding the camera is doing kind of a narration and asking her questions, and she's responding to them, but as this continues, she's crying. I haven't heard anything about any crying from anyone. Royal Caribbean had had enough and rounded up all of the young men and their families for a tense meeting with the ship's lawyer. 
Josh Askin's father was, again, recording. The FBI has asked us to detain your sons. We're going to have to ask you to put your, have your sons go to their cabins, and they're going to have to remain there. The group angrily denied the allegations. The four men and their families were then removed from the ship in Naples, where Italian police looked into the rape allegation and washed their hands of it, saying they had no jurisdiction. No one has ever been charged in the sexual incident, and lawyers for the men believe the tape saved them. But for that tape, they could have been charged for something that uh, they did not commit. But that tape may come back to haunt them. The tape in the FBI's possession contained something else, a lunch meeting filmed by the Russian-Americans just hours after George went overboard. Josh Askin was not present. They pass a video camera around filming themselves commenting about George's death in a very callous way. And they're laughing and joking very callously about him being wealthy. And certainly the way they were talking, they either knew or they had a pretty good sense of what had happened. A source close to the investigation has told CBS News that on the tape, one of the men, Rusty Kaufman, refers to George going parachute riding off his balcony. It is not an admission, but it is, at the very least, provocative. And there's more. The really sort of incriminating statement is one of them stands up at the end of the tape and sort of hunches his shoulders and flashes gang signs and says, told you I was gangsta. And that's in the context of the discussion about George's death, almost as if he's bragging about having done something to George. Jones says that young man was Greg Rosenberg. I just don't understand how the FBI could have had this tape in their possession and still we sit here, get the guys in there, question them. Lawyers for Zach Rosenberg and Rusty Kaufman declined to comment on the video. In the spring of 2013, John Miller tried to see if Rusty himself could provide any more answers. There's a statement made on videotape where you say, George went parachute riding off his balcony. I have no comment. Please, please contact my lawyer and I can arrange a speech. Greg Rosenberg's lawyer says Greg didn't know George was dead at that point and that his client was just making a stupid comment. I don't think they're kidding around. It's just not something you would just come out and say you're kidding around because if you didn't do it, why would you be saying it? But if George was murdered, the question has always been why. Mike Jones believes there is finally enough evidence to piece it all together. The first thing you look at is motive, okay? George and Jennifer dressed well. George had a very expensive Breitling watch. They sort of flashed the money at the, in the casino. What's more, witnesses heard George and Jennifer saying they had thousands of dollars in their cabin. And this got around because there were other passengers not within the circle of the Russians and Josh who heard the rumors about the money in the cabin. We don't believe it was true, but perception is everything. Jones believes that perception fueled a robbery attempt, one that was hatched when they put George to bed and Josh had gone into the bathroom. The theory would be that they were arguing about whether or not one of them or two, or two of them should stay behind and see if they could find the money and take the watch because George was in no position to argue or to put up a fight. 
That arguing, Mike believes, is what Cleet Hyman heard on the balcony. Jones also believes his theory fits with what Hyman saw, just three men leaving. And one of them stays behind, starts to rifle through the drawers and the cabinets. He has a possible explanation for the blood stain. The blood is on the sheets. The blood is in two sort of centimeter long splashes. And almost looks like if you were taking off a watch and you pinched your skin, it would be compatible with the, the blood splatter that was on the bed. While they're doing that, George wakes up, says, what are you doing? Fight ensues, which is consistent with the noises that people on both sides of the cabin heard. And George goes overboard. Other people hear the loud thud. Josh Askin's lawyer, Keith Greer, argues that is all nothing more than speculation. Even Cleet Hyman, he even said that he did not hear the sounds that you would expect if there was a fight. You know, you dirty so-and-so, the smacking, the, the kicking and stumbling and yelling of two guys going at each other in a, in a fist fight. I just don't think it makes sense. Greer thinks that there's a simpler explanation for all that took place aboard the brilliance of the seas, the sex assault claim, and George going overboard. I don't know why everybody's missing the theme here, because there's one common element, and it's too much alcohol. And we can go and, you know, blame it on murder and blame it on aggressive sexual behavior here. You know what? It's just everybody drinking too much and stupid stuff happening. That fits. But does it fit with what Josh Askin was heard saying on an elevator? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mike Jones is a persistent man and he believes his persistence will one day pay off. It's just a question of pulling together enough evidence to get an indictment and a conviction. Jones and the Smiths maintain the key to solving the case lies in California. Our theory is that Josh Askin knows what happened, but we don't believe that Josh was involved in the actual you know, tossing of George overboard. To support his theory, Jones is pointing to an intriguing clue uncovered by Royal Caribbean. A ship employee overheard Josh Askin speaking to a friend on an elevator. He said, I know more than they think I know. Those almost got me arrested in Turkey. Keith Greer argues the comments were taken out of context and Josh has nothing to hide. Do you think that Josh Askin has told you everything he knows. Absolutely. No doubt. 
But Greer admits the FBI told Josh he failed a polygraph. Greer questions the test and the result. I think it's another rubber hose ploy, you know, where just to freak Josh out and upset him more, I think it was just the psychological war that they were waging on him and his family, or they didn't take the time to do it right, one or the other. Sources tell CBS News Rusty Kaufman also was tested, and he too failed. Yes, Greg Rosenberg was administered a private polygraph test. I took a polygraph. You did take one? Yeah, it was inconclusive because I'm, I'm ADHD, because you could tell I like to move a lot. It was inconclusive. There ain't no lies that I need to tell. Generally, it's much easier to tell the actual lie on your own. 48 Hours decided to bring in Phil Houston, a former CIA case officer who for more than two decades specialized in detecting deception. We asked him to take a closer look at those depositions. Is there anybody of the group that particularly jumps out? That's the honest truth. Greg stands out ab above and beyond everyone. There was just a ton of deceptive behaviors. You can't judge a book by its color. In Houston's opinion, it's not what Greg Rosenberg says that seems deceptive. It is often what he doesn't say. What we should hear and see his focus on is, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. You got the wrong guy. Instead, we don't. Where we hear his focus so many times are reasons why he wouldn't do this. But in no way, shape, or form would I ever do anything like that to, to an individual. No reason that that's not me. And it appears some questions are more difficult for Greg than others. Did they find anything in either room that... that or is connected to George's disappearance? He hesitates. He's clearly thinking. The question has thrown him for a loop. It's almost, what could they have found that, that would have connected someone to the disappearance? No. Okay. No, Did they of course say, not. Okay. And then it's like, as he thinks through it, he realizes, I've got to answer the question. So he goes, well, no, no. So he's thinking about something that is not going to come out in his answer. That's correct. That's correct. Something he's not sharing. But Greg doesn't hold back on the one thing the Smiths would agree with. He says George's death was no accident. George Allen Smith did not disappear or kill himself or hurt himself or, or slip and fall off a boat at six foot four or however tall he is and just dive off. I, I know that didn't happen. Something crazy went down that night. And I hope one day that they find out the truth. In the years following George's death, Jennifer has remarried and tried to move on. But for the Smiths, it's not so easy. In 2014, they announced they are offering a reward, $100,000 for information that leads directly to the arrest and conviction of whoever is responsible. We're hoping with this $100,000 reward, this might just be the thing that we need to get the arrest, to get the convictions. Until the day this case is solved, the Smiths vow not to let George's memory die on that ship. Sorry. There you go, Georgie. We'll get justice. We'll get justice. Somehow. Somehow we'll get justice for George. Somebody will talk. And shame on them that don't. Shame on the people that have put us through this hell.
January 9, 2015, the Smith family suffered yet another blow. The FBI announced they were officially closing the case on George Smith. The FBI has determined that there is not sufficient evidence to continue the investigation. When we were called in for the meeting that finally closed the case down, it was, it was just devastating to my family. How do you collect 97,000 pages of an investigation to determine after almost 10 years that an accident may have occurred? Still, the family stands by that $100,000 reward, and they still believe it was murder. The money that was going to be left to George, we thought that... Uh, Since he wasn't going to be here to uh, get that money, somebody else could use it to help our family. We're hoping to generate more leads with the reward, and um, we're hoping the FBI will reopen the investigation. But the toll is great. I never expected to be 67 and still sitting here uh, trying to get answers from my son. It's, it's sad. We should be on with our life, but we're not. They could say there's no conclusive evidence. They could shut down the investigation, but they're not going to shut down me, and I'm going to continue until there is answers and justice for George. Anyone with information should call 1-844-651-1936. The Smith family is pushing for a bill to require cruise ships to be equipped with man-overboard technology. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.